Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know having your lieutenant transferred abruptly is unsettling. But ours is not the reason why. How long is Liv going to be gone? Best hope, temporarily. For now, keep doing your jobs. You're in good hands with the sergeant here. First off, I was as blindsided by this as all of you. And second, I'm going to need your help. Copy that, sergeant. What are we supposed to do? Leads me to my third point. The lieutenant was recused because of the allegations against Captain Tucker. So what's that got to do with Liv? I can't speak to that. Neither should any of you. But this is still our case. And since charges have been made against Tucker, Barbara's been pressuring us to follow up on them. So start following up. Based offenses are considered especially heinous. These are their stories. Hey guys, welcome to Munch My Benson. My name is Adam. I'm coming to you from Albuquerque where the nights are long and the crickets are loud. I'm joined on the line by Josh. How are things, Josh? Things are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm currently trying to figure out if there's a way to watch the Windy City rehab episodes that are pulled because uh, Alice and Victoria uh, finds out that her partner has been stealing from her. You know, they're like 50-50 partners and he's been been stealing from the business. So uh, I was watching this first, because I've seen those episodes before, but I wanted to watch them in full context Mm because I just like happened across them once. Okay. And... uh, but they're not on Max. They're pulled presumably because he uh, was pissed at the production company and was involved in the production of season one and two. Weird. So I'm trying to see if I can find those season two episodes. That's that's uh, my current my current weird thing that I'm uh, into. Nice. Um, I guess for weird TV, I watched a delightful episode of uh, of Lovejoy the other night. Um, Lovejoy, of course, is my yeah, spirit the old, animal. The uh, old Ian McShane show from it's like an Ian McShane show from nineteen eighty. It, it's Three. early nineties. I think mm-hmm. the first season was like nineteen eighty eight, but then they took okay. like a hiatus until about sure. nineteen ninety two before it okay. it relaunched. Um, and he basically uh, goes around to antique sales and 
and uh, solves crimes and gets uh, in bed with some lovely older ladies. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm basing my lifestyle here around, at least at least part of that. Um, But you're you're trying to pick up ladies around the uh, the massive amount of toilets that you can find. Oh, well, that's yeah, there's so I mean, there's so many antiques. I mean, I'm telling you, Josh, just so many and like like sales, estate sales, estate Mm -hmm. sale auctions. Let's see. Today, I won an auction for a, a mirror. I missed out on an auction for a you know pole saw. I'm really pissed off about that. I should have gone yeah. two dollars higher. Um, I got to go pick up. I got a I got a um, a jigsaw for fifteen bucks that I got to go pick up tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm I'm living some kind of dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, uh, but that's that's been fun. We went up. Uh, we went up. Did like a hike in the mountains on uh, on Saturday, which was really fun. We went up to the Hamas Mountains, so those are the ones that are just west of Los Alamos, so west of Santa Fe. Fucking gorgeous, just idyllic shit. Uh, really, really nice. And then we went and had a pizza and a beer in Hamas Springs on the way down from there. Um, so I'm really, I'm really digging uh, the outdoors and how accessible it is here. Anyways, um, Josh, I see you're drinking something before we get in- into this very lengthy recap that I wrote. Maybe it's we'll a sh- plot heavy up. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I'm, of course, drinking oh, out of good. my Tony's on Tony's the pier. on the pier mug, Redondo, yeah. Redondo Pier, the unofficial official bar of this yeah. podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. what you got? Uh, Bullet Rye. You got something more exotic. Indeed. No, no. Nice. I'm almost out of the bullet rye, so I'm nice. trying to finish it. Uh, and then I don't have it on standby because it's a tall boy and I don't have the right size koozie for it. But I yeah. have an old style mm. waiting for me after I finish this. Nice. I'm drinking out of uh, out of my you know very cool, very large array uh, koozie. Obviously, the unofficial official radio telescope of this podcast yeah agreed yeah <laughs> fully on board and i am drinking uh it's a marble brewery desert fog that's a, a local brewery it's pretty good it's a hazy ipa i enjoy it but yeah man we are watching season 17 episode 18 of course if you're watching on hulu it's 1717 it's called Unholiest Alliance. Of course, it is the second part of the two-part saga that began last week with Manhattan Transfer. After a brief recap of last week's events, Chief Dodds informs the unit that he doesn't know when or if Benson will be reinstated, but that they need to keep their heads down and do their jobs anyways. After he leaves, Mike says that Liv was sidelined due to charges against Tucker, And since this is still SVU's case, if they can clear Tucker, they can get their Benson pack. Tucker is appearing before an IAB panel. He says that Vice Cops Russo and Jefferson are dirty cops who are in cahoots with the priests Eugene O'Hannigan and Patrick Mulregan in a scheme to blame him for leading an underage sex trafficking operation. He asks if they've spoken to Sister Nina Kelly, the nun who'd insinuated that the church was likely involved with the illicit activity. Nina is frantically packing her things. She picks up Natalia, one of the at-risk girls from St. Fabiola's, the Catholic school-come-flesh-pipeline for depraved civil servant sex parties, and drives off. Benson meets Barba outside the courthouse. He says she shouldn't be talking to him. While she accuses Barba of leaking her relationship with Tucker to 1PP, he says he had no choice given the course of the investigation, but that if Tucker is innocent, both of the detectives will be cleared. 
Just then, Nina calls Benson and rather frantically tells the detective that she's leaving town so they don't need to worry about her anymore. After she hangs up, a gray van runs her minivan off the road. A man exits the van, walks over to their vehicle, and the credits roll. When we come back, Rollins is interviewing Tucker's cousin, Father Eugene, at the station while Carisi talks to Monsignor Mulrigan. Both priests tell the detectives that they wrote to Tucker a year earlier about their concerns about the two vice cops and the girls from St. Fabiola's. This timeline corroborates the vice cop's story that placed Tucker at the center of the scheme. Detective Russo and his attorney tell Finn that Tucker asked to meet Russo and Jefferson a year earlier without his partner. Russo says that Tucker blackmailed them into cutting him into the action on the sex trafficking ring they managed. Sister Nina's minivan is found on the side of the road upstate. The car belongs to an Episcopal church in Yonkers, and it appears that both the nun and her ward were dragged out of the car and into the attacker's vehicle, which then fled the scene. Father Leahy, the Episcopalian, tells Don Reese that he lent Nina the minivan this morning after she told him she was in danger. He'd also given her the keys to his family's lake house in Vermont, so she was likely on her way there when she was attacked. Leahy had been a Catholic priest, but he changed denominations after he and Sister Nina got hot and heavy under the collar. A break comes when Natalia is found at a hospital recovering from an overdose. She tells Tutu Olins what happened. A priest with an African accent rammed their minivan, forced them into his van, drove to a dead end, raped Sister Nina, then shot her in the head after he'd finished. He told Natalia he'd do the same to her if she talked. Afterwards, he drove Natalia back to the Bronx, handed her a loaded heroin needle, and forced her to shoot up. Nina's body is found, confirming the girl's story. Dodds then meets Benson to brief her on all the updates. Natalia ID'd her assailant as Father Akintola, the same priest who'd been the last person to see young Cara Gutierrez alive last week. Liv tells Dodds to sit on St. Fabiola's until Akintola can be found. The unit, of course, is being seriously stonewalled by the St. Fabiolans. Father Eugene keeps calling in sick, and Monsignor Mulregan claims to be in seclusion whilst forcing a variety of nuns to shoo the detectives away. One of the nuns tells Rollins that Akintola supposedly left the country to attend to a family emergency in Cameroon, and that Bishop Catalano might have some further information. Of course, the bishop is harder to track down than Mulregan. Eventually, Finn finds the bishop entering his residence with Father Eugene in his car, but the two priests tell him nothing and then drive on. Rollins has been unable to find any record of Akintola's flight to Cameroon, and just as the unit has been stonewalled by every Catholic church official they attempt to interview, so too has Barba been shut out by every judge he contacts for warrants. Carisi has the bright idea to seek out Judge Wheeler, who'd been at the 16-year-old girl and civil servant sex party which kicked off this entire mess. Wheeler rightly accuses Finrisi of blackmail, but the detectives twist his arm and get him to get one of his judge friends to sign off on their warrants. Sadly, the priests are excellent at hiding their financial records, except for Father Eugene, who has two apartments listed in his name, a walk-up in the Bronx, and a $3,500 a month loft in Fort Greene, which is substantially more than his entire month's salary. Tutuisi head out to check out the loft, and boy, oh boy, do they find something. Pretending to be delivery guys, they enter the building and are met at Father Eugene's door by a 20-something beefcake of a man wearing nothing but a leather vest, jorts, and a cowboy hat. The man's name is Lance Woodstone. He lets them in where they find an array of candelabras and high-tech bondage gear. Woodstone claims to be Father Eugene's personal trainer, but the various ball gags and patent leather sex swings strewn across the apartment paint a different picture. Back at the station... 
A more traditionally clothed Lance tells them that the father likes to stay in shape and that he's been training him for a few years. He then asks to speak with his attorney, Heidi Aronson, a real estate broker with quote-unquote legal experience who's married to another man but hasn't been in a relationship with Lance for some time. She's shocked to find out Lance is being held in connection with Father Eugene since Lance had assured Heidi their quote sick relationship had been over for a year or so. Heidi says she contacted Monsignor Mulregan two years ago about Father Eugene's deviant lifestyle that she thought was being funded by misappropriated church funds. She then produces a photo of Eugene wearing nothing but leather bondage straps and a ball gag being ridden like a mule on a market day by Cowboy Lance. Now, obviously, this photo makes the rounds, including to Olivier, who are day drinking at a dive bar when Mike Dodds finds him and shows them the good stuff. While all signs seem to point towards Monsignor Mulregan, who is clearly blackmailing both Father Eugene and the two vice cops, Tucker is in quite the pickle since he had met with Russo and Jefferson without his partner when they claimed he'd met them. And since the matter they discussed was ordinary, he hadn't recorded the conversation. Benson realizes that Eugene is most likely unaware that the unit has trainer lands, so they set up a sting. Finn and Carisi surprise the priest at his next training session with Master Lance. After some light blackmail threats, the father comes in for questioning, where Mike Manda dig into his financial shenanigans. He still claims that Tucker is behind the sex trafficking, despite a mountain of evidence piling up against him. Outside, Barbara tells Carisi that Monsignor Mulregan is clearly behind this racket, which causes Carisi to have a full crisis of faith. The two of them decide to confront the Monsignor with the knowledge they have about his blackmailings. Mulregan tells Barbarisi that when he learned about Father Eugene's, um, proclivities, he launched an investigation into the allegation that church funds had been embezzled to fund his lifestyle, and even forwarded those findings to the Bronx DA's office. When confronted with the fact that Eugene is still engaging in some pretty expensive sexual activities that he couldn't possibly afford on his priest's salary, the Monsignor accuses the NYPD of being responsible for the deaths of Sister Nina and Cara Gutierrez before storming out. At yet another day-drinking hotspot, Benson and Tucker switch on the TV to see Mulregan throw Father Eugene, the vice cops, and Ed himself under the bus live on CNM. He accuses the vice cops of murdering Nina and Cara, then Bishop Catalano steps in to request that the feds take over this investigation from the NYPD. Chief Dodds tells his son that he's been lucky to keep his head down thus far and that Tucker is probably screwed. Mike is not enjoying this little chat, so he heads over to Benson's apartment to update his lieutenant and Tucker. Benson thinks they still might be able to twist the screws on Eugene, but Tucker thinks there's no point. Carisi, however, isn't hearing this and pays Eugene a visit himself. Utilizing a fair bit of Catholic magic, Carisi gets Eugene to reconnect with his faith and to protect the girls of St. Fabiola from the Monsignor. Eugene tells them where the secrets are quite literally buried in the church's garden. It is a treasure trove of compromat. 20 years worth of photos and records of powerful men in compromising situations with extremely young girls. At a grand jury hearing, a number of girls who've been trafficked by Mulregan and Catalano testify about their abuse. Then Father Eugene appears and says that, to his knowledge, the sex parties had been going on for about 20 years since Catalano had been in charge at St. Fabiola's. Vice detectives Russo and Jefferson detail their own involvement and how they were told to impugn Tucker. Finally, two of the other nuns testify about Father Akintola, how he'd been the last to see Cara Gutierrez alive, and how Father Mulregan asked them to buy Akintola a ticket to Cameroon under a false name. Ralisi find Akintola in a holding room at JFK. 
Barbara Resmal Regan in Catalano flees to a Vatican-run treatment center in South America. But the St. Fabiola 16-year-old girls servicing civil servants' sex ring is decisively busted, and Liv and Tucker are getting their lives, <coughs> I mean jobs, back. Carisi goes to pray at the church around the corner from my old house, and we are left with a, for the first time since the disastrous defeat of the Portuguese king at the Battle of Alcacer Quibir in 1578, a Catholic crusade has been called. Only this time, it's against the entire cast and crew of SVU for creating this episode, Dick Wolf. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it's a fun watch. Yeah, it, no, it's fun. I, I mean, there, there are things that strain credulity, uh, credulity sure. a little bit, but yeah, yeah. It, it's fun. Uh-huh. And it moves fast enough that you don't spend too much time thinking about how illogical or just kind of like the way time inconceivable things are oh absolutely it's very strange like 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 you try to place tucker like like day and night seem to have no correlation and also like where tucker and and benson are 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 like hanging out with each other is like kind of nonsensical and just moving around because of how drunk tucker and Liv are the whole time (laughs) they they don't even know where they are (laughs) yeah and so like since there since Liv is our anchor as the as the audience yeah. then we also have to feel drunk I can and see the only way to do that is to treat time as though it's immaterial <laughs> it's um, a flat circle yeah for <laughs> sure uh so i guess let's do guest stars first so we've already talked about a lot of them yeah uh, we talked about andy carl who's playing sergeant mike dodds as a much my events in episode 40, maybe they just assumed there was semen because Warner's there. Mm-hmm. Discussing season 17, episode 8, Melancholy Pursuit. We've talked about Robert John Burke is playing IAB Captain Ed Tucker. That was in uh, MMB 90. We've got her blooded. We've got to shoot this fast. On season 15, episode 21, Postmortem Blues. Talked about Michael Potts, who's playing IAB Sergeant Cole Draper. That was MMB 145. They're wasting no time in letting Logue brogue. Uh, on uh, season 15, episode 17, Gambler's Fallacy. We've talked about Karen Sen Lee, who's playing M.E. Susan Chung. That was in MMB 57. This is kind of peak hand job on season 21, episode 7, Counselor's Chinatown. Talked about Jason Cerboni, who's playing defense attorney Lorenzo DiSapio. That was MMB 38. That is the weirdest wonk boner I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Talking about season 15, episode 6, October Surprise. We've talked about Peter Gallagher in... He's obviously Deputy Chief William Dodds mm-hmm. in MMB 99. Well, apparently she has an STI, so something did rub off on the episode where Dodds dies. <laughs> Dodds' kid, Mike Dodds, Sergeant yeah. Dodds. Uh, season 17, episode 23, Heartfelt Passages. Talked about Derek Kelly, who's playing Trooper. Hmm. That was in MMB 127. His olfactory detection is disgusting. Season 17, episode 2, Criminal Pathology. There he was playing the sergeant in Syracuse. And last week, we talked about John Ailes playing Detective Tom Russo, J.D. Williams playing Detective Anton Jefferson, Sar Nguaja, who's playing Father Akintola, Abigail Savage, who's playing Sister Nina Kelly, Karen Christie Ward, who's playing Sister Ida, Rebecca Gruss, who's playing Danielle Backerly, and Maggie Borlando, who's playing Margaret Kenswick. A lot to read off there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonathan Cake. Yeah. Monsignor Patrick Mulregan. He was born in Worthing, Sussex, in England. Ooh. He's the youngest of three sons of a glassware importer and a school administrator. 
He got involved in theater at a young age, toured with London's National Youth Theater as a teen, then studied English and played rugby at Corpus Christi College, Cambridge, followed by a two-year training program at the Bristol Old Vic Theater School, and then trained with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Did a ton of stage work in the UK. He's in the films First Night, True Blue, Honest, Out of the Ashes, Brideshead Revisited, Captain Cook's Extraordinary Atlas, and Cruise, that's K-R-E-W-S. He's main cast in The Tenant of Wildfell Hall, the 1997 Rebecca miniseries, The Jump, Mosley, The American Embassy, Empire, not... Not the hip hop one. Yeah, uh, not the one you know. The British one. Yeah, yeah. Camping, uh, the original one that the HBO mini or the HBO series was based on. Mm-hmm. He had recurring roles in Grange Hill, A Dance to the Music of Time, Six Degrees, Chuck, Desperate Housewives, Doll and M, Legends of Tomorrow, Seal Team, The Affair, Five Days at Memorial. Uh, he's in two criminal intents and one uh, original series. He was engaged to Olivia Williams, but he eventually married criminal intents own Julianne Nicholson. Mm. That was in September of '04. They have two kids together. Oh, nice. She's great. Uh, yeah, she is great. Uh, he co-wrote and directed a portion of the pandemic pastiches within with slash in uh, volumes one and two. Also appearing in that segment with his kids and uh, Julian Nicholson's in the second one. Then we've got Michael O'Keefe, who's playing Father Eugene O'Hannigan. Quite a role. <laughs> Quite a performance. It's a roller coaster of a performance, that's for sure. <laughs> sure is. Uh, can a roller coaster go all downhill? Um, he was born in Mount Vernon, New York, to Stephanie. And law prophet Fordham Raymond O'Keefe. He's the oldest of seven children. He graduated from Mamaroneck, hopefully I pronounced that right, high school. Uh, He attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and NYU. He holds an MFA in creative writing from Bennington College. He's in the films The Great Santini, which netted him a Best Supporting Oscar nomination. Hmm. Then he went to Caddyshack, Split Image, Nate and Hayes, which was also known as And by Caddyshack, he was like the main character in Caddyshack. He's the main kid. Well, I mean, it's an ensemble piece. He's the the ostensible... He's like the through line between all the various kooky characters. He's, he's He's the person around whom everything happens. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but it's like saying Jason Bateman is the main character in Arrested Development. You yeah. Know? He's it, kind of the straight guy that everything's happening around. Exactly. Split Image, Nathan Hayes, which was also released as Savage Islands. Uh, that's with Tommy Lee Jones. That's like a pirate movie. Mm. Um, I've seen part of it. It's not very good. I'm Finders just, Keepers. Max is really into pirates right now. Muppets Treasure Island is like his favorite movie ever. I mean, and we'll it, see. I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> child appropriate. I kind of feel like it's not, but not as much as Black Sails. Okay. Uh, Black don't, Sails. Don't is, watch Black Sails with Max. No, 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 no. Yeah. Black Sales is like, what if we did Game smut. of Thrones, but with more rape? <laughs> well, it stars, so it's more like if we, what if we just did Spartacus, but on pirate ships? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still plenty of rape, though. Um, <laughs> but but in both. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Finders Keepers, The Slugger's Wife, uh, which I'm kind of interested in. I kind of want to watch that. Uh, the Whoopie Boys, 
Ironweed, Fear, not the one you think. No. Um, Out of the Rain, Nina Takes a Lover, Ghosts of Mississippi, The Pledge, The Glass House, The Hot Chick, An American Crime, Michael Clayton, Frozen River, American Violet, Atlas Shrugged, Part One. We should totally put that on the list. We've had so many people from it. Too Big to Fail and Eye in the Sky. On TV, he was Fred, Jackie's husband, in seasons six through eight of Roseanne. Mm. He was main cast in Against the Law, Middle Ages, Life's Work, and King and Maxwell. He had recurring roles in The Waltons, The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, a Rumor of War, Vanished, Brothers and Sisters, The Ghost Whisperer, Homeland, Masters of Sex, Sleepy Hollow, Sneaky Pete, The Enemy Within, and City on a Hill. He's been a practicing Zen Buddhist since mm. 1981. He's in one episode of the original series, Two Criminal Intents, and two other SVUs as different characters. He was married to Bonnie Raitt from 1991 what? to 1999. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Eight years married to Bonnie Ray. Uh, All right. <laughs> yep. He uh, he married actress Emily Donahoe in 2011. They have a son together. Uh, then we've got Frank Vincent playing Bishop Frank Catalano. Found some weird stuff out about him that I didn't know. Really interesting. Uh, I'm excited oh. to know. I mean, he's kind of it gets, it been gets in a lot weird. of movies. <laughs> he's been in a lot of movies, but it gets much weirder than you're assuming it's going to. Okay. Uh, he's born in North Adams, Mass., raised in Jersey City. His father was an iron worker and a businessman. His He has two brothers and a half-sister. He's a skilled drummer, pianist, and trumpeter. Mm-hmm. And he started in entertainment as a studio musician working with artists like Paul Anka and Del Shannon huh. and leading a jazz band, Frank Vincent and the Aristocats. Mm. Um, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. In 1969, he needed a piano player to secure bookings and ended up hiring Joe Pesci to play guitar with his band. Huh. As lounge music's popularity fell, yeah. Vincent and Pesci turned to stand-up, huh. performing as Vincent and Pesci huh. from 1970 to 1976, doing a double act inspired by Abbott and Costello, yeah, but, but they were, with Rickles style insult comedy. They were doing like a totally schmaltzy fucking Adir- you know, Adirondacks Catskill routine. style. Okay, a little yeah, bit bluer it, for for the 70s, you know. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Uh, the pair landed parts in the 1976 gangster flick The Death Collector, which caught Robert De Niro's eye, leading him to suggest to Marty that they cast them both in Raging Bull. Wow. Uh, he's also in the films. Dear Mr. Wonderful. Wow. Vincent Spano, Star Vehicle. Baby, yeah. it's you. Yeah. Uh, that's like the first Vincent Span- Spano Star Vehicle. We talked about it quite a bit. Before. I know. I remember. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I kind of even want to watch it more now. But Kind of. Um, but putting, I mean, we're not going to watch Raging Bull for this because we've both seen yeah. Raging Bull. But if yeah. you haven't seen Raging Bull, watch Do fucking it. Raging Bull. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village, which, which of course, we have... we've already done. Mm-hmm. Wise Guys made mm-hmm. in Argentina. Do the right thing. Last Great exit movie. to Brooklyn, which I've actually never seen and yeah, I've always meant to. Yeah. Goodfellas. Yeah. Mortal Thoughts. Jungle Fever. Casino, which, you know, Sharon Stone's also in. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's the One. Gotti. Grind. Copland. Witness to the Mob. Belly. 
Isn't She Great, Gunshy, and The Crew. He was main cast in seasons five and six of The Sopranos. He's in two episodes of the original series and two Criminal Intents. He married his wife, Kathleen, in 1970. They had three kids together. He died shortly after undergoing open heart surgery following mm. a heart attack in 2017. That sucks. Yeah. He's a, a very memorable from several of those appearances in those kind of mobster shows and movies like mm. phil leotardo is one of the the apex villains of the sopranos and you totally remember that guy if you've seen yeah. the whole thing uh, he's great i wish he did more in this episode i was kind of i was a little disappointed that he was barely really really on the bench here yeah uh, barely gets to come off the bench <laughs> yeah i mean kind of nuts and then they just pooch him off to yeah, so an island off the coast of Chile. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that maybe is just Catholic owned. I don't know. It, it, it seemed I wasn't it's sure about the provenance of that island. How far? It, how far yeah, off the coast well, of Chile? How far off the coast? Is it its own thing? Is it an independent entity that is it the a Catholic Church? Owns? Officially a papal state? You know, or is it yeah. something else? <laughs> uh, we never get those answers though. Uh-huh. Then we've got Brock Urich. Oh, just, or Urich maybe. I mean. If anybody's putting in a performance in this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> so great. He's playing the deliciously, delightfully named Lance Woodstone. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing phallic about that name, everybody. <sighs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> He was born in New Philadelphia, Ohio, uh, because the old Philadelphia just wasn't good enough. I guess not. He's in the films Rambler, Goat, Next Big Thing, Chronically Metropolitan, The Outcasts, The Week of, The The Garden Left Behind, and The Hating Game. Uh, looks like he was main cast in the last couple of seasons of Tyler Perry's The Haves and The Have-Nots. He's in multiple episodes of Honestly Amelia, Succession, mm-hmm. and the other two. He's written and produced a couple shorts, which he also acted in, and he was an associate producer on The Garden Left Behind. Uh, then we've got Amanda Bishop, who's also known as Mandy Bishop in some things. Um, she's playing Heidi Aronson here. She was born in Bunan, Australia, in New South Wales. She got a degree in music from the University of New England, though it's not in the U.S. in the region of England or region of the U.S. called New England. It's in Armadale, New South Wales. Hmm. They're also... They probably have a New England there, and it's just like they're one also fucking, colonized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one dumb peninsula over there uh, somewhere. Yeah, some dumb peenin. Mm-hmm. Um, she then trained at the Western Australia Academy of Performing Arts. She's main cast in, and these are mostly Australian shows. But we do have Australian listeners, so you may know what we're talking about while neither Adam and I are going to have any idea what these shows are. Nope. Uh, Drop Dead Weird. Double Take, Penelope K, by the way, mm. and the Upside Down show. Uh, she's also uh, well known for her impersonations of uh, Julia Gillard, mm. who is the 27th Prime Minister of Australia. Okay. Um, she co-created and co-starred in At Home with Julia, mm. where she's obviously playing Julia Gillard, with Phil Lloyd. Uh, then we've got David Kale, who's playing Judge George Wheeler. Oh, yeah. He was born in England, growing up in Luton, where one of the shittier airports outside of London is. A lesser airport. Awful airport. He failed out of secondary school and tried, but failed to get by as a rock singer, uh, changing his name and moving to New York City in 1979, an experience he described in his play, 
we're only alive for a short amount of time. He's done a ton of stage work, much of it in his own increasingly confessional, largely but not exclusively autobiographical plays. It's also in the film's radio days, Moon Over Parador, He Said, She Said, Illuminata, The Endurance, Pollock, Adam's favorite movie. Mm, yeah. Do you know what it means to create art? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you call uh, people Sorry, from... Pollock, no. The Slaughter Rule, uh, <laughs> True Story, Private Life, and Vox Lux Season 1 episode of the original series, and One Criminal Intent. What do you call people from what? New South Wales. Are they New South Welsh? Or are they uh, New South... I assume so. Oswegan or something? I don't... Um, yeah, good question. Because I just saw a news story about a lady from New South Wales who was found... With a live worm living inside her brain, she'd been complaining about a number of symptoms that uh, that they couldn't quite put together, and they did a brain scan and found a f- parasitic worm in there. If they are New South Welsh, I feel like they should change all of the names of the towns to very Welsh names. Right? They should they should ban the use of consonants that aren't yes. Y or E. Y or W. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we've got Drew Johnstone who's playing Father Joseph Lay he was a writer on the various iterations of the Chris Gethard show which I love Mm. he came up through the UCB he appeared in a number of UCB shows and in sketches and as himself as uh, true blue Drew Johnstone he's in multiple episodes of Just Originals Waco Valley Jake and Amir The Last Two People of Earth Kings of PowerPoint, Bleacher Creatures, Life Support, and Stop the Bleeding. I'm assuming most of those are web series, but then we've got the last one. Mm. Yeah, Anise Inoa, who's playing Natalia Diaz. Uh, she was born and raised in New York City, began acting professionally at 15 when she studied at Stella Adler, where she mm. had her theatrical debut as Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. She's in the films Baby Girl, King Jack, and Truth Flash Fiction. She had a recurring role in Power. I'm spent. I'm done cashed out all right man well so as we mentioned earlier this does have a rip from the headline aspect because the whole uh leather daddy sex trainer uh with with you know sex slave priest this has legs so in this instance so there was a reverend peter mcquelly i'm reading the dailymail.com article because i it, yeah, it, sorry, sorry in advance for uh, all the pop-ups. You're going to have to close that. I found. Oh yeah, see, I have a, I have a, a very pop-up unfriendly browser, so it doesn't affect me. But but the Daily Mail is the absolute worst. Yes, it it is also the most lurid though. So it has really the yep. most tawdry descriptions. Mm-hmm. And you get the straight dope there. The best pictures of said leather daddy. Uh, who is named Keith Christ? Christ? Keith Christ. Christ? Yeah, Christ. Christ, <laughs> most likely. Now, um, uh, it's just C R I S T. I think it's I think it's Christ without the H. So he's not holy. I will read you a few excerpts from this. So the priest was alleged to have paid out one million dollars to bodybuilder Keith Christ in an exchange for an unspecified number of thousand dollar sexual interludes allegedly funded by embezzling ch- funds from church coffers. Now, as it turns out, the, uh, the a church investigation eventually cleared McQuelly of the embezzlement charges. Um, still, he was able to like buy a decent home in the suburbs. Church investigation. And sure. he was supposedly funding Chris uh, Park Avenue apartment. Now, the way it got blown up was kind of like in this episode, Chris's girlfriend 
Uh, was she married in real life also? So I don't really know. But McQuelly apparently was begging to have a threesome with girlfriend. Uh, what Her name is Tatiana Gudin. And apparently it was because of like some bizarre um, like interfaith sex fantasies that he had that he wanted to be uh, he wanted to be defiled in front of a pretty Jewish girl was apparently one of his fantasies. <laughs> okay. All but, right. I, I guess I'm, I'm just wondering how, how his religiosity factors into the kink and was it like historically based or. Well, that's a good, that's interesting. Yeah. So I want to read you guys a letter she wrote to Cardinal Timothy Dolan, uh, which is, Please do leave nothing out. <laughs> I won't. I, I wish because she has a lot of misspellings that are really funny, and the Daily Mail, of course, left all the misspellings in, which is fun. Uh, but I will read you because it's uh, definitely sounds like she has an axe to grind and uh, has no problem uh, outing this relationship to anybody that is willing to listen. Um, so, without further ado, this is addressing Cardinal Dolan. I would like to tell you who your priest, Father McQuelly, really is. Keith has been Father McQuelly's gay-for-pay prostitute. More specifically, Father McQuelly is Keith Chris's toilet slave. If you don't know what that means, Cardinal, I will break it down for you. Keith Christ uses Father McQuelly as his toilet, and Father McQuelly drinks his piss during their weekly three-day get-togethers when they take off to Father McQuelly's house in Brick, New Jersey, far away from prying eyes. Three days of piss. <laughs> oh, McQuelly loves to enjoy $300 bottles of scotch, she wrote, all in a priest's $2,474 a month salary. To add insult to injury, to cover his embezzling activities, McQuelly would every so often fire who was ever the right-hand employee in the... Th- uh, whatever, that stuff's boring. We we care about the, the toilet play. That's what we yeah. care about at Munch My Benson. Yep. So I will be linking that. I'll also be linking another article from a website called Pathios, which I believe is some sort of like atheists who only write about religion website, which is a little bit yeah. more uh, sympathetic towards Father McQuelly. Father McQuelly uh, was found dead when he was 57 years old. And I couldn't find an exact cause of death, but I think it was related to his uh, years of heavy drinking. Possibly piss, but definitely alcohol too. So kind of a sad story. Don't, as this episode teaches us, don't get involved with the Catholic Church, kids. <laughs> yep. Uh, fun stuff. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, yeah, so this one starts and Liv is out. We're in Dodd's VU now. Yeah. With, with dad handing the keys to the kingdom over to his soon-to-be dead son. And Chief Dodd's is so like, don't worry, kid. You're going to be fine. Just keep your nose, you know, just like yeah. don't do any police work while you're here. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> can't can't make yourself, can't open yourself up to any criticism, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, now, rule one of Dots VU is 
do not talk about Liv getting tucked. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you know, I you know, I've this episode, this one, the the previous one he's in it a little bit, but I have a totally different uh like view on Dodds after this episode than I have on any other Dodds yeah. episode I've seen. I, I'm uh-huh. a big Dodds fan after this. Yeah, I, love him. I like him in this one. We mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to see him be a, an overly good cop in, yet. This no. is the first of what four? I think we've seen him in four episodes: the two parter and then mm-hmm. uh, Melancholy Pursuit. Maybe one other one. We saw the but one where he much dies. Much more limited. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a two parter. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. God damn. Yeah, fuck that one. Yeah, damn. the other ones we've seen, it's either been limited or he's just kind of. Right. It's yeah. just kind of like, oh, we have to hear about Dodds's personal shit for a little while, like. Uh-huh. Like what he got shot in some other episode. Oh yeah, there's also yeah, it. there's the one there's the one right after he's gotten shot, but he's barely in it because he's rehabbing. Yeah, because he's not in the rest of the episode. Yeah. He's just in like an yeah. aside. Yeah. yeah, which is annoying. Um, now the it really feels to me like this review panel is in the pocket of Big Priest. Man, New York City's in the pocket of Big Priest. Man. Yep. Godfather Part Three is real. We eventually find out why. <laughs> Compromat. Yeah, because uh, it turns bins out... Bins and bins of buried compromise. Jeffrey Epstein wasn't working for the CIA. He was working for, the, was Catholic working for the Catholic Church. Catholic Church, yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as Sister Nina goes to go on the run, she makes sure to grab her Bible. Yeah. Can she not see that her God is not on her side? No, never has been. No. She should have gotten out and, and jumped ship to the Episcopalians when she had the chance. She could For be living sure. the sweet life in some Anglican monastery yep. somewhere in Kent or something, you know? Or or at least doing, like, public access Chris Gathard show episodes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Liv ambushes Barb on the street, framing her preemptive defense of what we can only assume will be her steadfast refusal to stay out of the investigation in the self-serving cloak of pleading other girls are in danger mm-hmm. while conveniently ignoring the fact that her sleeping with Tucker is like a huge problem for this investigation. Yeah. It's a big problem. Her sleeping with him and nobody finding out about it until this investigation is going on is a big fucking problem. Yep. Um, Nina gets driven off the road by hitman priest, father rocking Tola. Dude. I mean, when you have this, like you have an army of priests, like what can the Catholic church not accomplish? You know, especially when they're hitmen. I know these priests do, just do the. Do we assume that all priests right? are hitmen and just kill whoever the Monsignor wants? Josh, they possess a particular set of skills. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Now Nina's or sorry, Abigail Savage, her post-accident like dazed mm-hmm. acting, mm-hmm. very bad. I have to say, I, I was grateful for the writers that she's of, not of killing her pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was the she was one of the rougher parts of the episode prior. Uh, Mercifully, she's not in this one much. She's barely in this. And most of when she's most of the screen time that she spends in this episode being on screen, she you're is, very sympathetic towards her because she's dead. Well, and she's like frantically rushing about, and then she dies. You know, and she's like, well, it's hard to say you're paranoid when they really are after you, right? Oh, I never feel like she's paranoid. Mm. I just mm. think the acting's not great. Yeah. Um. Now, all right. The whole framing Tucker gambit mm-hmm. hinges upon Tucker's partner being out sick one random day, meaning he could meet with Russo and Jefferson solo. 
But they weren't planning to frame him then. They just I know, remembered I know. that they, that had happened. Uh, yeah. But it, it's it's one of those like you'd think they would have come up with a more like ironclad frame yeah, job if, if they if, have if they if the fix is in and they mm, really own everybody. Yeah, they should have had something that wasn't as like conditional as this is. Yeah, because I mean this requires that Tucker be involved at all in the case. Exactly. Which I mean, granted, they're vice cops. I mean, I'll I'll get into why the vice cop stuff doesn't make sense later too. But they are um, vice cops. There, there, there are, are cops involved yeah. who are on the take. But sure, and you one would assume in the SV universe that the vice cops are like going in front of IAB panels every week, right? Yes, it seems insane to me that he wouldn't have recorded those sessions. But whatever. Yeah, it seems to be like could probably violate their protocol because, of course. You would think in IAB, one of the first things they tell you is that, like, everybody's going to try to frame you because everybody yeah. hates you, right? Yeah. Yeah. He earlier said that half of in, – in the episode prior said that half of NYP does, doesn't like him. We all know that's It's like 90%. It's, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. At least. Yeah. So uh, they go to the scene of the van being driven off the road and could tell that Nina yeah. had been driven – or dragged away. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that Rollins – could somehow pick Nina's cross out of a lineup to know that that's Nina's bag. Well, yeah, exactly. And then like that, it's like from one article of clothing. This is the teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I guess you know Nina. They were was juicy. The... They were juicy pants or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> My next note's just, oh dear, dumb Father Leahy, you gave your minivan to a nun on the run. That only ends in heartache. <laughs> but a nun on the run that he was in love with, man. You know, he had feeling, genuine feelings for her. Man, I wish it could have worked out for them. You know, if this were like AD 1350 or something, they could have they could have made it. I mean, they would have had to lie to their, yeah. to their like parishioners. To Mother Superior and the parishioners. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if you have to lie to too many people back then. You just like buy a papal indulgence and everybody, you know, looks sure. the other way. They had to go um, and get rid of that shit because the fucking Protestants started a war that killed a third of Europe. So then they go to the hospital where Natalia is staying after having been served up a hot shot. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Father Akintola raped Sister Nina with Natalia watching and then capped Nina. Not very godly. Pretty brutal shit, man. These are some bad fucking priests. Yeah, it's not very godly. It might be priestly, though. <laughs> In you know, uh, according to SVU, this is what this is just what priests do, right? <laughs> we're just repeating what they're saying. We we're not trying to take on the Catholic Church. Uh, we the we can't is... afford we can't afford the legal fees that would come mm-hmm. from that. Uh, we're poor's. Yeah. Uh, he also, he says, the Lord is my shepherd as he makes Natalia take a hot shot. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty rough stuff, man. Some Requiem from the Dream ass shit, you know, like, expect to see Natalia in that final scene with Jennifer Conley. Yeah, yeah, she's on the other end of that. <laughs> DSD, let's just leave it there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Oh. <laughs> Carisi crossing himself over the body when they find Nina is a yeah. nice touch. Kind yeah. of really solid, like, nonverbal acting from Scanavino in that oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Well, Scanavino, like, you know, they rightly pick 
nobody really believes that Barba is going to be like have some kind of crisis of conscience, sure. right? And like, yeah. so Carisi is the one. Yeah, he's the emotional center of the episode. Yeah, and it it, yeah. it works because you know you're you're talking to a guy who like is a real Catholic in spite of all the terrible things he's seen in this world, and yeah. you know you kind of have to you follow his course through finding out that no as it turns out all of the priests are bad <laughs> yeah but the monsignor's fine right oh no 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 the bishop you must be good right you poor idiot the the nuns are all right um but everybody else man they either become episcopalians or they are fucking terrible okay what's up josh Alex Cobb, mm-hmm. fucking bastard, has a no-hitter through eight and is coming back out with 113 pitches. To... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm looking at Keith Chris' uh, uh, trainer daddy <laughs> posts right now. <laughs> you, your, your whole screen has just been on that the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's about human urinal, you know, like etiquette, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so... I'd say that Akintola wearing the priest collar while raping Nina was a bridge too far. <laughs> but, like, there is a long history of priests doing awful shit like this, right? It mostly I mean, sans the murderer bit, but... Not not always. I mean... Not always. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, the Catholic Church has done a lot of things over the years. Yeah. And, uh, like... Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of it's pretty gnarly. Uh, so, the church... Closes ranks, clamming up uh, on the direction we eventually find out, but can pretty safely assume yeah. throughout all this around the uh, uh, under the direction of the Monsignor. Yeah. Um, well, it, or and before him, the Bishop Catalano. Yeah. Who, as soon as you see it's Frank Vincent, you're like, oh, well, that fucking guy's dirty. <laughs> yeah. No judge apparently wants to take on the church, but yeah. Carisi gets the bright idea to blackmail the judge <laughs> yeah. into getting a warrant from another non-wheeler judge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you got compromise, you know, you smoke it if you got it, right? Yeah. Of course, this is when we also have Carisi thinking they're good priests, so one good deed deserves a bad one, apparently. Yeah. Or one one good idea deserves a... Really, you think that? Well, it works. Marvel bad idea. It works. It does. No, that that wor- this works. Uh-huh. Um, then, of course, this we is get... where this is where we finally are getting there. This is we're finally getting to the, the mountain best. top. <laughs> yes, uh, we have we have reached the apex. I we've climaxed um, because we have reached Father Eugene's loft. Yeah, with. Lance, Lance Woodstone, shirtless, yes. in cutoffs, bulging, and a pecs. vest, bulging, Huge rippling biceps. <laughs> I'm his personal trainer. All this bondage gear is for working out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Okay, cool. The ball gag too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Uh, I love it. I, I love when they bring him in and he's like, look, can I call my girlfriend? She's a lawyer. Uh-huh. And then she's not even a lawyer. She's like a real she's estate. She's a real estate like, broker, which is just based. Yeah. Oh, the way a broker works in New York City is that when you're trying to find an apartment, uh, the apartment, the oh, the landlords will contract these brokers. Yeah. And the brokers are the ones that, that show you the apartment. 
And for that, for the 10 minutes of their time that it took you them to show you the apartment, you're oftentimes expecting them to pay upwards of 10% of the yearly cost of the fucking apartment. So like more than a month's broker's fee. A month's yeah. rent. It's fucking it's it's dog Highway shit. Highway robbery. Yeah. I mean, I I love New York, but it's a terrible You'll place. You'll never have to deal with that again. It's a terrible place, and it's filled with absolute scumbags. <laughs> now, I really want the hard R spinoff of the Lance Woodstone experience on Peacock. So if you're listening, <laughs> NBC Universal, get on it. Uh, this is needed. We need... Well, we need... I really Lance want Woodstone, to see Lance... Personal trainer. I want to see Cowboy Woodstone riding his sex slaves to market you know yep. and great the pick fucking photo were like, oh yeah i was just gonna say the pick of the father of, of father eugene with a ball gang on the church altar is amazing <laughs> amazing and i love that they we don't just see it once we see it once we get a reaction from all the svus then dodds brings it to uh benson and tucker to get a reaction from them then they blow it up even larger, so we get to see it one more time in case we've missed it. Fucking amazing, man. Fucking yeah. brilliant. The, the second time, I was like, I, w- I really wish we got to see that picture better the first yeah. time, and then we do. Yeah. We do get to see it, and it's amazing. Now, when wow. when they like barge in, when they set up the sting, uh, where this time Lance Woodstone, he's wearing like a hot cop outfit, I believe. He's got a, a cop hat on. He's got leather breeches and some kind of some kind of bondage straps on. And then uh, Carisi and Finn appear from like a back room. And at this point is when Father Eugene's acting really, uh, really goes places because his <laughs> accent work is it's it's comical. Yes, it's I was laughing. You're late. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a lot going on. On the floor, you filthy bitch. Yeah. You have some respect for your master. Forgive me, sir. May, may I call closer? Eugene, stand up. They made me. They were going to give me a year on that DUI. Lance, go put on some clothes. Now. What are you doing here? This is a private residence. Well, there's been allegations that you've illegally been using church funds to pay for this private residence, Father. Am I under arrest? We have some questions for you. Well, we could just call you Monsignor, let him know we caught you in a honey trap. No, don't do that. Oh, no, it's 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 brutal. And it, the weird thing is his accent isn't the only one that is uh, inconsistent. Uh-huh. Um it's it's awful. His accent is like legit terrible. But we also Mulregan and oh. uh, Judge Wheeler mm-hmm. are oh. both British expats, and they're certain. Especially Mulregan has a lot of lines. Yeah, and so Jonathan Cave says uh, spe- very specifically the way he says forwarded mm-hmm. all 
and yeah. um and I, Bronx. Yeah, he did say Bronx. It, it, <laughs> he said Bronx in like the weirdest fucking way that were so British. Like it, it, you know, there all those British actors do like that stiff upper lip thing to like kind of try to like quell the British accent out, but there are certain words that they just can't override. Well, like, yeah. any numbers typically are are very difficult. Yeah, um, unless they've done like serious American voice. Yeah, and I mean, both coaching. of these guys have lived here for for like quite a while. Yeah, but... for some people, it's hard to get those uh, R's yeah. get get our R's down and stuff. But yeah. I mean, nothing compares to this I mean, cartoonish I... caricature work that that Father Eugene uh, <laughs> is is doing. Uh, it's it's really preposterous. Yeah, uh, I did like the on the floor, you filthy bitch. You have some respect for your master when Father Eugene comes in. Oh, brilliant! It uh, comes into the sex loft. Yeah, I uh, you know, there's a few like I'm kind of toying in my head what I'm going to use to start the episode with. That's definitely a, a strong option clearly, where Finn and Carisi come in. Another one, you it, could just do Father Eugene accenting or Father Eugene's like affected whatever. Uh, yeah, the fuck bizarre this is. accent work. Yeah. Now later when when they're gonna you know, turn the screw on Mulrigan. There's a great exchange where Mulrigan says, Father Eugene confessed his sins and he did a rigorous soul search. And he's dot, dot, dot. And Carisi's like, and he's still paying 5000 a month to be disciplined by his naked cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just love this shit. Love everything. And really love when Carisi goes to... Uh, Catholic mind meld with Father Eugene. Yeah, sure. That's some more uh, great accent work from Father Eugene. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did think Father Eugene trying to throw up these smoke screens, yeah. uh, which were like immediately uh, dealt with, uh, were super funny. Yeah, I mean, like when, once he's brought in for questioning. When we first met him, we were kind of sympathetic towards him, right? Because he's Tucker's cousin. And he seemed like a nice guy. And then then we think he's a big part of the scheme. And then at this point, it's kind of coming back to it because he's just like frantically trying to save his own ass, uh, which everybody knows he's being blackmailed at this point. Uh, and yeah. that's the only reason he's still around. And yeah, his best hope is to be shopped off, shipped off to the Vatican somewhere and, you know, work in a dungeon. But not the kind of dungeon he'd like to work in, sadly. Alas... No. Uh, now, you know, they bring in the Monsignor and he will not rest until this rod is cut out of the church, mm-hmm. until it's excised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he hops on the news to point the blame at Father Eugene and the NYPD. Yeah, at literally everybody uh, he can. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a bad play if you don't want those vice cops to flip on you. Right. Like he called out Vice, the the cops who know everything about the about the scheme that he's or, been or running. certainly know plenty about the mm-hmm. the circuit that he's running here. This this underground sex scene. Yeah. Uh, Deputy Chief Dodds thinks they should pack it in. Uh, and while he's talking about Tucker, he says, "She." This is referring to Sister Nina. Mm-hmm. She'd be alive if he weren't so stupid, which is absolutely true. It's true. He went running his mouth off to his yep. dear old cousin, his, who he hadn't seen his... in years, uh-huh. and who had a who had some bad dudes around him. Yep. Also known as Catholic priests, but some great dudes around him, also known as Lance Woodstone, Lance Woodstone. personal trainer uh, to the stars. Yeah, you know, of course, Deputy Chief Dodds also 
says it's a career killer and you should walk away. Gotcha. I mean, which I get it. If you were doing a season-long arc about this, everybody's careers would have been destroyed. Except for Dots, who would have managed to to do enough work to it. We still liked him, but not enough to save his colleagues. And they'd be uh they'd be working harbor unit uh next season. Most likely. Sending tide charts to show who's <laughs> which body this uh or which which jurisdiction this body, this floater, uh belongs to. Yeah. So after that, of course, Carisi gets uh gets kind of annoyed that they're gonna try to everybody's gonna try to brush this under the rug. So he goes to heart to heart with Father Eugene. The Catholics at it. It's a Catholic mind meld. Uh, we've seen Elliot do this before. Yeah. And Carisi. But this is more convincing. Than it's absolutely more convincing. Because yeah. it seems like Elliot, Elliot's Catholicism stops at the thou shalt not wear a condom, right? But, uh, yes. <laughs> Carisi's definitely seems like deeply heartfelt, right? It's the, it's the Staten yes. Island. Yeah, he, well, he wanted to be a priest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Th- two of his cousins became priests, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know... It's it's too bad that that Scanavino is acting opposite of O'Keefe. In this exactly. Episode, who, O'Keefe is an okay actor. I've seen him in other things, but he is so terrible doing whatever kvetching or whatever the fuck he's doing in this. Very rough. Scanavino, very good. Uh, yes. And it kind of it's it's a very it's a it's it's strange dichotomy because you're like, oh, this is oh, a powerful. Oh, it feels scene. like the episode is ripping apart. Because <laughs> uh, because Scanavino again, very good, like really grounded shit. Yeah, and, and it's like this O'Keefe, character's been developed is... for like a couple seasons at this point, and we're yep. really like we really like care about him, and he's becoming like he's our sonny now, you know, like he's like really part of the union unit, and we we give a shit, and this is like an important issue for him and he's also you know in the process of trying to save his his dear beloved boss in the process yep. and and then we have father eugene across going like get out of here i figured out what <laughs> i figured out how what he's doing here so he's taking every cringiest trait of young brando oh yeah that could be it that could and be infusing it. it with ratso rain man hoffman mm. But he, his regionalisms really kind of, they. But like Ratso, Ratso in fucking Midnight Cowboy, yeah. absolutely, d- like. But he's traveling up and down the Atlantic seaboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's he's on the Acela from Boston to DC, <laughs> yeah. like just. He's doing he's doing uh, the Philadelphia thing every now and then. It's like all over is, the fucking place. <laughs> it is just nonsensical. <laughs> but he's he's doing the clenched jaw mm-hmm. thing through this whole scene where it's like. He's, he, I, I don't know. He clearly like, must have watched um, Streetcar yeah. like a day before he did this and got it in his head that that's what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. He did not need to do that because this is brutal. I do like some of the early Brando stuff, but like this, I, you're taking the wrong, taking the wrong bits of that. Yeah, right. This is there's bad. there's this some parts bad. that that work today, and there's many parts that don't work today. Yeah, James Dean's the performances James Dean. would not work today. <laughs> uh, whatever. Not so much. Um, so then, then Father Eugene eventually, you know, he, he, tells yeah. tells Carisi where where the uh, shit mm-hmm. is buried, yeah, and this seems secret. like that's again that garden. I, I said it last week. I walked by that garden a thousand times. Well, I lived in New York. But, like, this is a suboptimal place to store your compromise. It's right on the street. 
Thousands of people walk by there every day, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it. it is buried solely for the purpose of being analogous to, like, the Catholics burying But yeah, it's, a, it's like, our viewers, SVU's viewers are too dumb to realize that yeah. burying the secrets doesn't mean literally bury them. We, we then need to say, we then need to say after that, that they bury their secrets literally because um, they do that they they really connect Isn't the dots there a crypt or something that they could bury it in like but in a place that's a little less obvious than the fucking garden that's outside or on the a street. storage unit right or yeah i don't know this is just dumb uh and you can't even get to them quickly if you need them that's right. Like, like the because whole point you, of this you, is to blackmail these people, right? To uh-huh. to have them under your like under your like thumb. if you're if you're unearthing bins of fucking like bins of if you have to get the excavator and and, out every yeah. time you need to bribe a judge. Like, Nonsense. what's the point, right? <laughs> yeah, you need to be able to access. <laughs> Why this even shit? call the Bronx DA if you don't have that photo ready yeah. to go, right? <sighs> It's baffling. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Um, so uh, at the grand jury, we get the bit about how they touch us in what they called a godly manner, which is maybe the grossest bit in this episode. <laughs> Very disgusting. <laughs> then uh, Father Akintola makes the you honkies think all black people look the same play at the airport. Mm-hmm. Sadly for him, it does not work. No, they they know who he is. <laughs> Um, They've met him before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're closing up. They're closing up everything. Liv is going to come back. Yeah. Uh, Dodds, Deputy Chief Dodds. There are too many Dodds in this episode. Um, Variety of Dodds. But Deputy Chief Dodds, yes. A a. It's a murder of Dodds. Murder of Dodds. Yeah. <laughs> so Dodds says, "Keep your noses clean." Do you feel like Rollins is being attacked there? <laughs> well has she has she confronted gambler's fallacy already happened just Uh, season 17 dodds once dodds is on i mean all of the amaro terrible shit like amaro's around for so much terrible shit uh yeah um uh, then we get the pawn for a bishop stuff Mm -hmm. uh and then we get Liv and Tucker at the bar, and they drink all of the wine. It is very funny how the subtext to all of and their dates is, man, they are always ordering another round. And it's like the third or fourth bar stiff. that they've gone to in this episode. How yeah, many days yeah. did the course of the episode take? Well, I mean, Tucker says that they should take a like <laughs> they that they should down. like take it easy because they are drinking so much. <laughs> like this is this isn't this. Is, I'm not just imagining this. Bill. Like. There's not a single time we see them drinking where it's been set up as if it were nighttime. We don't see Dodds walking to a bar at night. It always seems as if it's outside. I think it's safe to assume that at this bar this time that it's night. The last time. Yeah, the last time it seems like it's night. Oh, the other times. The other two times it's totally like midday. It's like like 10 o'clock. The bar just opened. Yeah, Yeah, but it's a cop bar. The lights are always off. Uh You can't can't see. It's blacked out. You know, you can't can't see it. and then Carisi goes and prays. Mm-hmm. We're done. And uh, credits. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Josh, uh, I think that means that it is time for us to rank this episode. Yes. So, of course, every week we rank these episodes. We rank on our own four criteria, ten point scale. We're trying to come up with a composite score, which will allow us to rank this episode against every other one that we've watched thus far. Now, two-parters are always a little weird, and it seems like oftentimes they do kind of well, surprisingly enough. Uh, but we'll see how this not one always. goes. Not always. Not always. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they seem to sometimes do better than I'm expecting, and a lot of times it's because that first one sets up some high stakes. Um, yeah. Second one can sometimes they be a do dive. tend to do a good job of doing that. Yeah. Of of setting up stakes that like with a two parter, they're not wasting your time with like a two parter that doesn't really affect doesn't doesn't isn't weighted or grounded in affecting one of the main characters. Yeah. So at least at least that's going on. But we'll see how this one goes. Uh, so obviously we rank on the quality overall, the quality of the guests therein, how problematic the episode was, and the depth and breadth of lives ruined. Now I got to tell you, I think I think it's going to be a pretty good uh, score when I look down the list. Let's start with quality overall. What did you think? We gave last week an eight. This one does less uh, stage setting, but definitely keeps the tempo up throughout the whole thing. You know, yeah. when we have, you know, a character that we might have felt something for in Sister Nina getting off fairly early. And we have, yeah. you know, there's twists and turns. We don't know that Tucker is going to come out of it uh, until the very end. Um, I think it keeps up the pace pretty well. I, I'm i inclined to give it something like a seven, something like that. I think it's, it's just a tick below the last one. But yeah, seven's fine. Yeah, and a lot of that is just because it's like stuck in... You know, it's stuck in just like playing out the string on the plot. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's stuck in plot procedural mode. Yeah, yeah, which which it does a good job, but it's it's there's only so much you yeah, can do with that. Yeah, it's, it's not quite as interesting. As, well, never mind. No, yeah, uh, not quite as I think that I gonna, is. I was going to get to the kink, de- kink, but that dungeon, comes up in a different, a different category. category. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think what you're saying is that the plot can't be quite as interesting, right? right? Like the twists and turns kind of have to, yeah, to f- yeah, have to kind of go where we expect them to in a certain on a certain level. Now, the guests. So here we have obviously we have Father Eugene playing a big role in it, but I think that. I th- okay, so I think because he's having to emote more, like, with, with more pathos, I think it's a little less bad than he was in the last episode. Well, exactly. Like, I, uh, his accent work is still off-putting. And, it's still very bad. It's yeah. still very bad, but it's not quite as bad because he's... I do he's feel for him. Angry or aggrieved or, yeah. or, or whatever, you know, throughout. So, like, yeah. I think that he's he's... His accent matters less because he's having to emote more. Mm-hmm. But it's it's effective. Like I do actually, I feel bad for the character, and so yeah. so he's doing that well. Uh, if he, but just... is it because he's channeling Rain Man in those? <laughs> um, but and and then you know we have Mo Regan is is I think pretty effective as the, yeah. the the string puller yeah sister nina doesn't bother me in this one at all because she's you know she's, frantically she on the run and two then scenes dies and then she's dead uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. let's see who else who else well i mean and then we get to lance woodstone 
which I think the next two categories I mean, both maybe the next three we've categories. Star, we've got a star here. <laughs> I want a fucking spin-off of this character. <laughs> uh, he's fantastic. He brings it. He completely yeah. brings and you know, I honestly I think that Heidi Aronson uh has a fun scene. I forget the actress's name. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think Amanda Bishop, yeah, Andy Bishop. She's yeah. really fun. Uh, when she shows up and everybody else mm-hmm. is fine. Now, when I talk myself through it, I, it can't go super high, but I think it's a tick, at least a tick better than last week. Last week we had a five. Yeah. Th- I'm fine with that. I think it's a six, a six. right? Yeah. So here's, here's where it gets exciting. Yes. Problematic. Now, I mean, all priests are either murderers, subs, or or like or like like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like yeah. that's, that's uh-huh. every priest is is one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, literally everyone who stays in the Catholic Church, every priest we uh-huh. meet in this episode is that. Yeah, is so we don't meet we don't meet a single because Father Leahy has left. He's, he's left the pr- Episcopalian. Yeah, because he gets how good he gets priests, the rod that yeah, like good priests can all can love uh, women as well as uh-huh. the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, I mean, there's also there's the line of there's the line about the like godly touch. Oh, uh, yeah. Like that's so gross. Um, there's there's a variety of photos. We didn't. I didn't pause on all of them, but the compromat. Yeah. Uh, uncovering yeah. is definitely a lot of lots of second. Lots of problematic second unit shit. Lots. Um, I mean, inc- inc- including one of my favorite photographs they've ever taken of. Yes. I mean, it may be the. Maybe my favorite. Maybe my favorite. And I want to believe that they actually staged that shot. It wasn't just two, like, one shot they were of both there Woodstone that day, I think. and one shot of... of... That th- yeah, I think they got that shot. I hope so. I want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been... A, that might that not have been, been a second unit shot. That might have been at the at the loft, <laughs> but they picked it up with... Uh... We have like the the stills photographer on set. I see what I you're saying. That, that might have been like a deleted scene or something. Like they they like left that scene on the floor because they S and P was no. Was a I, little I think it would be very easy to still get that shot mm-hmm. uh, and you know cheat cheat the background for the church. Just pop up a pop up a green screen in the background. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That, that's that's not a but problem. I, you when you have both actors in the same spot, I think. I think, especially with all the kink shit that was around, I mean, that ball gag was in his that mouth. Ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> that ball, this was, you know, what, when was this, uh, 2016? 20s. This is long before COVID. So everybody on set had that ball gag in their mouth at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, every every crew member uh, just, you know, rubbed it off on their shirt. The best boy. <laughs> The best boy had that shit for half the shoot. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, you want to throw out a I, number? It's high. It's high, right? Eight? Yeah. I mean, like, they really go for the Catholic Church. They, like, they I go mean, they really Catholic. go. I mean, they really go after the Catholic Church. Like, yeah. they r- really. Really go after the Catholic Church in this one. I mean, it's. That might the, make the it a fucking... nine. That might take it to a nine. Because it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm vacillating between nine or ten. Oh. It's really fun. Like the the. It's real. I mean, just when when they open the door because we're not expecting it. We're not the first no. time I watched it. I'm not expecting this. I I don't know what we're gonna find when we get in there. But then to see the fucking gay cowboy standing there in his vest with his muscles bulging out, fan fucking tastic. 
<laughs> Amazing. <I> glor- glorious. <laughs> it's at least a nine. Yeah, it, but... I just don't know if it's a ten. That's, that's my only... I mean, have we it, ever... It's not as gleefully... But have we, well, no, it's very gleefully problematic, I guess. Um, but it's 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 like delightfully problematic in this in this like whole like the Lance Woodstone scenes, all of them, and yes. then it's also like going so hard at the Catholic Church in you know not about like you know priest sex abuse scandal like we might expect you know nope it's going pretty hard. Uh, I'm I could be convinced to go to a ten. I I mean it's pretty ballsy to just like really take this run at the Catholic Church. It's crazy. They went so hard that they were like, "No, we're not even going to ask him for a Catholic, uh, for yeah, an actual yeah. church." Like, this won't get approved. <laughs> but you know who will approve it? The Episcopalians. They hate love the this fucking shit. Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably uh, were like they probably made them right in the Father Leahy character. Like that was like the uh, yeah that that oh, was the absolutely. fee that was the fee for yep. letting them mm-hmm. use the two churches because there is a yep. second church in this episode uh, that's not not the one in my neighborhood. Um, yeah, I, I, you've convinced me. I, I think it's a ten. I mean, it's just you gotta, you really gotta admire them taking some, such a big swing at the Catholic Church. There's some gumption there, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> like this is like SVU's version of the Ninety Nine Theses. You know, they're like they're like banging on some doors in yep. fucking mm-hmm. Furtenberg or wherever Martin Luther was. All right, man. So that brings us to our final category: depth and breadth of lives ruined. You've got all the traffic kids. Lots of kids have been trafficked. We see a lot of pictures of these kids. And, and we trafficked. see, we, you know, we hear we see testimony, testimony mm-hmm, yeah. of three of and them. And this is of g- generational, but one, yeah. like, one's like, you know, older. in her 30s. Exactly. Yeah. Much, like, much so the, like mm-hmm. one of, one of the Cardinal's victims. Yeah. The Cardinal gets away. Yeah. A bishop. He's just uh, a bishop, not a Cardinal. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah bishop. Yeah. Bishop Catalano. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Catalano's uh, uncle, probably. Yeah. Jordan Catalano's uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which would make sense, because we all know that he's a sex pest, too. <laughs> Boom. Okay, yeah, so we have all the traffic girls. We have uh, one dead girl, one girl who's and, recovering yeah, from a, mm-hmm. um, a different episode, but still, it's part of this whole thing. One girl. Sister Nina. Sister Nina, who's been shot in the head after being raped. Kara, I mean, not Kara, uh, Nat, Natalia, Natalia, who's watched Sister Nina get raped and murdered right in front of her face. And then has to go back to the city with him, mm-hmm. yeah, and get served up a hot shot. Mm-hmm. Pretty brutal. Uh, then we've got uh, how many believers had their faith Rattled. shaken by this? Yeah. Where is Lance Woodstone going to live after this? I mean, Th- I that think might that's be the, the the the. I know it's the one that hits closest to home, <laughs> at least, because he's he's the one in the episode that we really grow to care about. Uh-huh. Yeah. We we have a nuanced like relationship most, with, with yeah, Lance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, you'd think he's a man with a particular set of skills. I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. So you'd think he's going to find... Uh, He'll land on his feet, probably. Uh, yeah, a new sugar daddy for him. But, um, but you know, it's going to be some hard times. That was a nice yeah, apartment. Fort Greene's a lovely neighborhood, you know? I mean, we, it's hard to go too low because of, like, the scope of what's going on here. Yeah. But it's also hard to go too high because, well, 
No, I don't know. We 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 see those three girls I, t- give testimony, I, and yeah. and it's it's pretty rough, honestly. Like it's yeah, it's, and that's just scratching the surface. Exactly, obviously. and we see just like boxes and boxes with lots of yeah. different girls. We see, you know, it's not just them having their faith shaken. It's like or like having their lives ruined. The nuns' faith is shaken because they've been told to protect the church. When it sure. turns out they've just been protecting these monsters. So, yeah, it's uh. Carisi, man, Carisi's probably reading some, you know, modern atheist literature after this. Yeah. I So what do you think? Like an 8? I think the scope is big enough that it has to be a 9. You right? think well, like, I mean it's a big just... I mean, there's a lot. Like the implication I mean, I, is that you could I think you could very easily argue a 10, but I don't So and the implication is I also that like I just don't that, know like, that it's all that it's it, that all of the victims are rooted enough in this episode to give it a ten. Yeah, it doesn't have that. Like, and we're not seeing we're not seeing like bodies on bodies on bodies. So yeah, and we're not we're not hearing enough about the victims. Like the one person we we might be hearing enough about is Father Eugene. I think you know, like he's the one who has the the most yeah, space to like kind of like, and he's just, a perp. Yeah, he's absolutely a perp. But still, he's a perp. He's, he's not. He's not doing anything to the girls, but he's serving them up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he yeah. yes, but he's all like he's a victim who becomes a perp, right? He's a victim of who's forced. Who's yeah. he's a he's forced to be sure. A perp, but yeah. the, his he's performance doesn't fully land emotionally. Like, not it doesn't crush us the way that. Uh, no, Betty no, Ann Baker's the, does. It, you can't cut through. Can't cut through the accent. Exactly, but I mean. Nine's pretty good because we also yeah. are led to believe that like every judge at the courthouse has been compromised by these people, right? Or is at least afraid of the Catholic Church. Exactly, and so like yeah. who knows what strings they're pulling, you know? Um, so nine, yeah, I think nine. All right, that gives us an overall score of an eight, which is uh, the best episode we've seen since we rewatched Ridicule. Now. That, of course, being one that we'd seen before, this is the best episode we've seen for the first time in a very long time. So the last eight we had was all the way back in May, and that was season 12, episode 18, Bully, Bring Mother Her Juice, She's Parched. And uh, like that episode, this episode definitely had... A bit that I will remember for a very long time. So thank you. Never going to forget the butt chugging. <laughs> Never forgetting the butt chugging. Don't think I'll ever forget Lance Woodstone either. Nope. <laughs> uh, with, uh, with that, though, I think it's time to roll an episode. Yes. So we're heading over to episode.lol which was built for this podcast by friend of the pod flet co-creator of uh, cinequote.net your daily movie quote trivia game mm. tape is spinning bill and ted fucking hate this part they sure do oh, I hate that part. and we've landed in season 14 mm. On episode 13, Monsters Legacy. Mm. Benson and attorney Baird Ellis. Mm. 
help a death row inmate in Ohio whose history as a sex abuse victim may have been ignored by his defense attorney. Interesting. This one, in addition to featuring Andre Brower, yeah. features Ed Asner. What? <laughs> Mike Tyson. All right. But best of and all. And Peter Scanavino as Johnny Dubcheck. <laughs> so we've got Scanavino in this episode not playing Carisi, oh. which should be delightful. This should be fun. Yeah, first time we've seen Amaro in a while. I don't think we've seen him since uh, Father Shadow. Yeah. That was the uh, Michael McKean episode. The Miranda Lambert sode. Yeah. That should be fun. Um, so I guess, guys, uh, if mm-hmm. you're interested in hearing Josh and I talk about uh, Royals legend Cole Reagans, uh, you probably need to sign up for our Munchies tier of our Patreon where you get or give out of time updates about the Alex Cobb almost no hitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where they where they used him for 131 pitches, which makes total sense in this day and age. Yeah, so for especially an injury prone pitcher like Alex Cobb, yeah, a guy who like had a shoulder injury that probably like ended his career at one point, and it, yeah. it took him like five or six years to come back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That seems smart. Whatever. Uh, they do They do it differently out there in San Francisco, Josh. But yes, if you're interested in hearing about these topics, uh, you should join our Munchies tier of our Patreon. You get these episodes unedited a week in advance. Uh, you also get access to the edited versions ad-free. And you get... Uh, what am I saying? Oh, our movie club episodes and occasionally other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming up on episode 180. So if you want to vote on what episode 180 will be, join the Munchie tier and you can uh, you can throw some suggestions out there. But yeah, so if you don't care about Josh and I's ramblings or about the movie club, you can join our ad-free tier, which gets you the whole back catalog uh, ad-free, yeah. which right now is 10 episodes. Uh, that aren't on the public feed could be more sooner rather than later, most likely. Yeah. Um, so you'll still get access. To I those. think we'll probably pull another 40 out. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Coming up soon. Yeah. We probably won't rewatch those 40, but uh, no. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> but um, definitely won't. <laughs> uh, but let's see. We're on social media. The places where we are, we are at Munch My Benson. Thankfully, uh, Thankfully, it's easy to find us. There's so many social media sites right now that uh, probably be another one uh, in a month or two. Um, We have a website, munchmybenson.com. We have an email address, munchmybenson at gmail.com. We have a very lively Discord where if you want to discuss Mm -hmm. things about these episodes or just things tangentially related to these episodes, it's a great place to do it. Uh, There's a lot of people that post there a lot. Uh, I think... On that note, though, Josh, unless you have anything else to add, I think it's time to get out there and start munching. But watch out for the priests, guys. They're yep. coming for you. According to SVU. And just make sure that your your sex dungeon is, you know, paid for with funds that can't be held against no, you. No, no, you no. Know? Here's, here's the deal. If you're embezzling funds from the Catholic Church to, to buy a swanky sex pad in Brooklyn... Don't put it in your fucking name, you know, make up a shell company. I don't know, you know, get a legal zoom, put it under an LLC or something, you know? Yeah. No, I think you just need to put it in Lance Woodstone's name. No, but then Lance Woodstone's going to turn around and fuck you, you know? 
I, I would expect him to. I mean, you hope. <laughs> You're paying for the sex dungeon. <laughs> we saw the picture. <laughs> we did. Salut us for you. Thank you for showing us that picture. Here's one last, one last sip in there for that. the UPS guy. And you're not Father Eugene. What's your name? Cowboy? Lance. Uh, Woodstone. D- Eugene's not here, though. Might we come in, Lance? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you must be Father Eugene's personal trainer. Uh, CrossFit, Pilates. Use this ball gag in Pilates? We're gonna need you to come down to the station with us, Lance. Um, do I have to? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.